You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Winning in general is hard, and you realize that there's a lot of different ways you can do it. You have to find new ways to win every week. You're never going to win the same way, and I think the resiliency of our team, uh, the mindset that they have, the demeanor that they come into the building with, you know, it's that's why you improve. That's why you have a chance in close games. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oya Hotel and Casino, it's Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Yeah, I'm gonna let it ride out. Don't look at me like I'm not gonna let that ride out. Of course, I'm gonna let that ride out. That was uh, that was the, that was like the weatherman, right? The weatherman said what was happening, right? From LA to the Bay to Las Vegas. <laughs> There's the loonies right there with I'm a Raider. I like that. But I gotta ask you this question, Ari, as we're kicking off hour number two of the show on Necessary Roughness Radio Radio 920. Live at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. I got to ask you, why did you say that you used that song reluctantly? Because I, I respect the song. I like Looney's, but I'm just not a fan of that song. I get what it means. I get, like, the lyrics are cool. Everything's great. I'm just not a big fan of the beat. And so I have a hard time pulling myself out of that <laughs> as, like, the producer. I should just let that go and be objective because here, we, you know, because it's Raider Nation Radio and that is a classic. So I, I respect that, but... Just not a fan of the, the sing-songy over the little uh, synth. Okay. Well, hey, you know. look, you know what? You're the producer. You're the guy who, who makes it go on I'll the share. wheels of steel, so I can respect that. No, I'm not mad. I share the love. It's cool. I, you know, it's, it's a good one. I know, and that's one of the ones we mentioned a few weeks ago. When we were, that's how long it's been since I've been able to use for some victory music. So There you go. So there you there go. You go. All right, well, there's the explanation. I'm not mad at that. That's the explanation. That's taking you behind the scenes right there with our guy, Reason. Ari. We're going to start calling him the super <laughs> producer. Uh, behind the, the steel. The, the, yeah, the, the super producer making it happen in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Definitely appreciate him. Again, we're at the Underground Lounge, uh, the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday night. Uh, let's go ahead and get some quick calls in real quick at uh, 702-365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r Raider Debater, is he back or did we lose him? All right, Raider Debater, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's going on, Q? What's happening, man? What's going on? Chilling, man, chilling. Absolutely, man. It's always good to call with a win, man. I've been calling the last couple of weeks and saying how everybody stinks when they lost, so it's always good to call and give people flowers when they win. And, <laughs> right. and just to tell Ari, man, I'm a Raider, Oakland Raider, <laughs> from yeah. LA to LA to Las Vegas. And if you're with me, pop your collar, shake them haters. Don't ever stop playing that song. That's a true Raider anthem. Q would tell you. <laughs> yeah. He's from the Bay, man. He knows mm-hmm. what he is. <laughs> but that's not what I called, though. I, let me let me ask you questions real quick, though. Um, definitely, I'm very encouraged by what I saw. Um, you know, I predicted them to be nine and eight, uh, three and three at this point. So they're right where I think they're supposed to be. But I didn't know that they were going to get here by the way they've gotten here, and it's by the defense, man. Like, look at the 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 rates and the analytics and the eye test, man. The Raiders right now are giving up the second fewest points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Let me just say that again. Like, yep. The Raiders are number two right now in fourth quarter scoring, only behind the 49ers as far as giving up the least amount of points in the fourth quarter. 
and they're also second in opponents passing first down. So they're not giving up a lot of passing first down or first downs through passing. Now they're right. giving up a lot of third and fourth quarter, fourth down conversions. But that's something to be very encouraged about. I mean, when we have we ever had a defense that's been carrying the team? Really, these three wins that we have, I could say primarily are behind the uh, defense and not the offense, man. So you know how I like to do it. I like to congratulate. I like to hate. And I like to debate on what I saw uh, yesterday. And the first thing, the first person to congratulate, man, is the Condor. How can we not congratulate malicious Mad Max, man? I mean, come on, man. The, the dude is the best player on our team. He is the pilot, but his defense is not silent. You know what I mean? I don't know what else to really say about this dude or superlatives to give him. Other than that, I think he's probably the front runner right now for DPOY, man. Dude's a game wrecker, the best, one of the best pass rushers in the league. He may be the best run defender in the league right now, man. The dude needs his flowers stand up for Max Crosby. And someone else I want to congratulate is the boy that's been playing like an all-pro in the last two, three weeks, and that's Trayvon Morrit, man. What, what has happened? This dude is playing at an all-pro level, man. When you look at the 22s, he's everywhere, dude. I, too, I, it looks like there's two of them on the field a lot of times, man. He's been playing stout. I mean, last line of defense, he's been honoring it, man. He, can, can someone say Earl Thomas? I, I don't want to get too high, hyperbolic, but right, right. the dude has been on his game. And the last person, or actually a couple of persons I want to uh, congratulate to is John Jenkins, man. Who is this man? You know, right. like, where did yeah. he come from? When you see him, too, he flashes. He's like an unstoppable force. He literally is the second kind of pass rusher to Mad Max. You know, I mean? He's like our second guy that's getting the pressures on there, a real diamond in the rust. And then on the offense, man, Michael Mayer. I said he stinks the last couple of weeks, but finally a rookie is contributing to the team. And he's really given something to us, man. He brings a new element. He brings a new element to the offense that has been struggling to possibly, you know, turn things around, man. So that's been great. I do want to hate as far as what I see is the only thing I can't hate on right now is to Corey and Bennett, man, number zero, man. And that's probably how many times I want to see him in the game, right? <laughs> because when he's out there, man, he's giving it up, dude. What I've noticed when I've looked at the tape is Tyler Hall, man, has been holding it down since uh, mm-hmm. Nate Hobbs has been gone, dude, and, and just really been a, playing above average. But he's been playing in that, like, slot corner position. So once Nate Hobbs comes back, what happens to Tyler Hall? Do they shoot him over there where Jacorian Bennett is? And if they don't, I say a Meek Robinson is a better position or a better person right now than Jacorian Bennett. He's, he's just not having it. He, I know he's a rookie right. and, and this, that, and the other, but he, he's just not doing it for me right now. He's looking bad out there. Just like the last caller said with the Devontae Parker uh, drop, who you think was getting burnt on that play <laughs> when he dropped that ball, yeah. you know, and if he has caught it, it would have been all on Jacorian Bennett, man. And I want to real quickly debate on that. Like I said, I believe the primary reason that the Raiders are three, have three wins is because of the defense. But I believe that why we have three losses is because of the offense and preferably the one game. So what is it, Q? Is it the run blocking scheme, which falls on the coaches, Daniels and Carmen Basillo? Is it that the play calling is too predictive? You know, and that's coming from Josh McDaniels, and that's what it seems like to me. Or is it Josh Jacobs? Is he the reason? If you ask me, I got to say the play calling is way too predictable, man. They seem like they're in the backfield as soon as the ball is getting snapped, man. But what say you, Q? What, what, what do you think it is? Hey, great call, Raider debater. And, yeah, I would say the same thing. And that's what I was saying earlier is that it feels like these defenders are in the backfield before Josh even gets the ball in his hands. And so, yeah, I think that uh, the playbook is, is I don't want to say limited right now, but it feels like it's kind of limited right now. It feels like that there's not enough, not enough trust in the offensive line to be able to hold up, to be able to open up the, the, the playbook completely, right? Now, something that Coach McDaniels kind of alluded to 
uh, last week, late last week. I believe Vinny had asked him a question about that, uh, about, you know, just kind of the playbook and, and, and what he's able to call and what he's not able to call. I want to say that that was last week. I'm not 100% sure. These days start to stack on top of me. But, yeah, he said something to the point of, you know, things that he may want to call at certain points he has to think about. And he, matter of fact, he, he even went a little further and said, as the offensive coordinator, you want to go, 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 be aggressive, uh, call this great play, call this great play. But then as the head coach, as the CEO, he also has to think about, all right, well, here's the situation. If this play doesn't work, then what's our defense looking like? What position am I putting the offensive line in? What position? Like, he just went through all these different different scenarios. And I want to say that was on Friday of last week, but I'm not 100% sure. So, yeah, it, to me it feels like he's limiting – what he's calling right now, and there's a lot of predictable, right? Every time I see, and, and Lincoln says this every Tuesday and Thursday when he, he joins the show, every time you see Thayer Mufford come in and they say that he's uh, eligible, uh, nine out of ten times it's going to be a, a run with Jacobs, right? And I know that there was one play that they had that uh, was a nice little pass play. I think that was a pass to Devontae Adams uh, off of that. But most, more times than not, the defense knows that Josh Jacobs is about to run the ball. It's just, it's just kind of the nature of the beast. And so uh, there's, there's, there's more wrinkles to the offense that they have, and I know they have it at their disposal. I just don't think that they're using it. And that really shows, I think, and this is just my personal feeling, it really shows up in the red zone where they struggle because if you're limited in the red zone and then you make a mistake like a penalty, like Jacoby Myers, for, ex- for example, the offensive pass interference, that really set the Raiders back. You know, that put them back at the 20-yard line, made it first in, in goal from the 20, whatever the case was, and they never got anywhere close. You know, and sometimes they'll get a false start or else they'll have, you know, a, a miscommunication or a, a ball that's thrown not even in the field of play. So you know that that's almost a give up. You know, there's just too many times. At the end of the game yesterday, there was, what, two run plays to Jacobs back-to-back that gained about two yards and then one pass to Devontae that just sailed way over his head. It wasn't even close to being where it needed to be. So that felt like, to me, it wasn't even – a real three opportunities in the red zone. You know, something that Fabian brings up all the time. I mean, all the time, right? Anytime the Raiders get to the red zone and, and they don't get a touchdown, I know a, a minus four tweet's on the way. I get it, <laughs> right? So there was plenty of them yesterday. That, that's got to get cleaned up. And, look, the thing about it is it's not exclusive to just this staff. The Raiders' red zone struggles have been around for a while. I don't know what it is with this team in the red zone, but, man, uh, it just feels like this year it's, it's really kind of being magnified, especially when they have multiple opportunities like they had early in the game. Nine, nine uh, you know, snaps in the red zone and come away at three points. So uh, something to definitely uh, see if they continue to work on and build on or if they can work on it and build on it and, and get better at it. Because if they don't, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough day out thinking that you're going to be able to beat teams with field goals. Carlson, it's great to see him go four for four from the field goals, but I'd rather him go four for four for, on extra points. That's just me. Let's go out to the OC real quick. Just kidding. Let's go out to Mark and Henderson. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mark? Hey, what's up, Q, man? It's been a while, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Good to see you at the Oreo, man. It's been a while, though, man. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah, hey, man, I, I just had to call in, man. You hit you hit it, man. It's, it's the, he's thinking too much. I'm talking about Josh McCarron. He's thinking too much, man. He needs, to, he needs to delegate the play calling. Just like what Frank Wright's doing, he, yeah. he's taking this. He he, he said, uh, you know, Frank Wright said, forget it, man. I'm I'm gonna let you know the new uh, OC take over, and then I can oversee it. I think it's gonna have to come to that eventually, because you just said on Friday he was kind of like, oh, I'm the CEO, I'm the play caller. I'm this. Mm-hmm. like he's got so much on his plate that he can't be creative on that end. So maybe you gotta uh, you know delegate those play calls. But 
Uh, other than that, man, the defense is playing well. Uh, I hope when Nate Hobbs get back, that's when we're going to see the defense, really, Jeff. When Nate Hobbs get back, he makes a lot of plays. Man. I can't wait to see his, his tackling for him. He, he, he does it really well. Uh, I just hope, man, Tyree Wilson gets off the line, man. He, he looks like he's a quicksand, man. For a first-round pick, that's kind of disturbing to me. I hope he's – if he's still hurt, man, don't be out there. Because this just seems like – he's got the power to you, but it seems like he's just a quicksand. He can't get off the line fast enough. But uh, other than that, man, you know, offensive line going to get better. You know the play calling going to get better, man. I just want to chime in. We're three and three. You know, take one game at a time, man. And uh, I'll, I'll talk to you soon, man. I'll see you at the Orioles sometime. <laughs> right on, man. Appreciate you. That's Raider Mark right there from Henderson. Definitely appreciate uh, appreciate your call. And, and uh, yeah, I think Tyree flashes at moments, though. You see, you'll see what excites you. You know, moments here and moments there. I was thinking he was going to get a sack, and he was he was kind of close to the quarterback a couple times on Sunday. He didn't end up getting one, so I was wrong with that prediction. But I thought that the I thought he was going to be able to get one, and we'd be talking about him today and giving him some flowers. But uh, still waiting for that first sack in the NFL from one Tyree Wilson. But I think he's still working hard. He looks like it, you know. And and you could just see when we see him in the locker room, he's just he looks like he's pretty focused in on what he's doing and trying to get where he needs to be. And he knows he's not there yet. So hopefully we'll start to see it sooner rather than later but thanks so much for the call and when you, you make your trip to the oil man you know i'll be here definitely appreciate you looking up at the screens here at the oil speaking of them uh the rangers are up five to two on the astros right now second game in the alcs uh the rangers took game one and uh man oh man if they get up 2-0 i'm telling you john mcclain when he joins the show tomorrow he is not going to be uh one happy guy but that'll be uh, a, a situation for another day let's go out to the oc let's talk to our guy john welcome to the show what's on your mind What's up, Nation? Uh, yeah, man. So, just a quick recap. Yesterday, that was a uh, it was a good, ugly win. <clears throat> Again, you know, a team that we should have exploited uh, a little bit more. I understand Timothy went out. Uh, Brian Hoyer uh, did his thing, man. He has that he has that long arm, uh, that deep pass, which is kind of cool. I'm really hoping uh, Jimmy G gets gets well, gets better, uh, and uh, just sit him down for one week and gave Hoyer the first snaps. Uh, but overall. You know, we just got a lot. Like every victory speech the past two weeks has been Josh saying we got to clean stuff up. We got to clean stuff up. I mean, the defense has been holding us in. Uh, we're ranked number twelve right now. We're going against Bears. Uh, we we should handle them uh, pretty convincingly, like we should have done this weekend, this this Sunday. But I want to see a convincing win again. Um, just your thoughts, man. I got a quick question for you. You've probably seen that Renfro's name's been tossed around for trade rumors. Uh, yeah. What pieces on the defensive side? Because offensively, I know we got a depth chart on the offensive line, so we can still kind of tweak and play with that offensive line and see and feel the plugs and stuff, right? And the holes and stuff. But what pieces? What pieces on the defense would you get, or uh, maybe more than uh, rent for maybe a future pick? Because I heard they don't want to give a pick. But what would you do if you were the GM to fix a certain area? Would you go to the front four, or would you go more to the secondary? I'll take answer off the air, man. Thank you guys. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. And yeah, I think it's. I think you got to look for defensive line help. I think that's what the goal is, uh, to get someone that can complement Max Crosby. And I know Malcolm Koontz is out there doing his best he can, and I know that Tyree Wilson is working, trying to get where he needs to be. Uh, but uh, I, would, I would definitely, if there's a guy out there that you can get along that defensive line, uh, preferably, I think, probably edge rusher, but maybe even a defensive tackle. I was encouraged that the defensive tackles were able to get pressure yesterday, knowing that the Patriots' offensive line isn't great. But it's just seeing that Nichols got home, Jenkins got home, 
uh, Butler got home, right? I mean, just to see that those guys were all able to make an impact from the defensive tackle position, that's a big deal, right? It's something else that I asked Coach McDaniels about earlier today, just seeing those guys uh, and, and what that's like. Matter of fact, Ari, if you have a chance, why don't you go ahead and pull up that soundbite from Coach McDaniels talking about defensive tackles. It's H127 if you're looking for it real quick. A uh, little production on the air. We do that. All right. Thank you, Ari. Fantastic job. Here is Josh McDaniels talking about the defensive tackles having an impact on Sunday's game. Yeah, and there was some. They did some. They did a, a, a good job of creating some games and picks for each other. Um, you know, Jerry and uh, Adam and Bilal, Jank. Uh, the you know, they all showed up to some degree in there. Um, that's super helpful. You know, because the guys on the edge get so much attention and so much. Um, you know, just there's there's bodies here and there trying to put extra protection, and so it gives them opportunities inside. And you know, and also whenever there's something in the face of the quarterback, that always makes everybody's life a little easier. So um, I thought they were aggressive for four quarters. Um, we didn't expose ourselves and let the quarterback just step up and have nobody there in front of him. So he was throwing seven on seven a lot. Uh, those guys have been more and more disciplined as the season has gone on. And uh, you know they were they obviously were some there was some disruption yesterday uh, with within that group. It was really encouraging for me, really encouraging to see those guys get home. Uh, we know what Max is going to bring to the table. Uh, we know that there's going to be effort from the other side, but to get that that effort and get that production from the interior is a big deal. It really is, and get that work in now because when you have to go up against Herbert. When you have to go up against Mahomes, when you have to go up against, you know, the, the, the better quarterbacks on the schedule, that Jared Goff, right, the guys that they have coming up. And they do have some, you know, tougher teams coming up sooner rather than later. I know right now they're in the, the decent part of the schedule where it's like, okay, this isn't too bad. And they kind of get a break if, if Justin Fields doesn't play next week, next week, which I don't think he will because he's a guy that can run around the yard. But, I mean, they've got, they've got some quarterbacks coming up, you know, Tua – Mahomes, um, Kirk Cousins to a certain extent, he's not really going to step up and run, but you still want to get that pressure. Herbert, as I mentioned, the Colts, not really. Russell Wilson, not too much. But still, you get what I mean. I mean, you've got to be able to get that pressure from the interior. Let's go out to Monterey real quick and talk to our guy, uh, Prune Tucky. Prune Tucky, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, yeah, hi, how you doing, Q? Good, uh, good, good. Good. I was a first-time caller, and uh, I've been a Raider fan since the late 60s, about 55 years. Nice. Of, uh, ecstasy and pain, but I wasn't going to call. I really have never called a talk show, but I felt, you know, uh, I listen to you every day in between uh, my work working from home, and I said, I got to call. But so many good callers calling and really dissecting, you know, what the Raiders should do and, and, and what's wrong with them or whatever, especially UQ, you really kind of cover a lot of topics. Some of what I wanted to do, but I like to be short and to the point. And so I wanted to address your two questions and, and kind of take it a little bit different. And as far as the starting quarterback is concerned, I'd like your feedback on it. I, I know you said you, for reasons that, um, you know, Hoyer should be the guy, but I, I kind of disagree on that. And let me tell you why. I would choose O'Connell uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, first of all, we supposedly have a, a genius in Josh, and I think he can game plan uh, O'Connell's strengths and weaknesses with a good week of practice if Jimmy G can't go, and obviously we'd love to see Jimmy play. I know there's some disagreement on that, but if Hoyer uh, uh, starts, and I watched him when he was with the 49ers, and it was interesting, and when he started the game, he, he did pretty good, but as the game went along, 
it seemed like the defense was kind of getting to know his strengths and weaknesses, and he kind of kind of faded out. And I think I think Hoyer would be best suited. And I think he's been groomed as a backup for either if there's an injury or an ineffectiveness. And I think he could be like he did yesterday, come in because he knows the system really well. Whereas uh, I think O'Connell, I think it's better for the Raiders if he has a game plan from the start. He can kind of you know go through that uh, progression of what he can or cannot do. And if he fails, you have Hoyer coming in similar to what he did yesterday. And that's kind of why I think O'Connell should start. Your, your comments on that? Thank you so much for the call, Pruntucky. Uh, we uh, actually had a little technical issue, and I apologize, but Q could not hear what you were saying, and I am certainly not the expert that he is. So uh, I'm going to kind of try to transcribe that to him, and we're going to take a little break and come back hopefully with the answer there on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas-area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. Jones has Stevens into his right. Shotgun snap, back to pass. Pocket holds. Now Adam Butler breaks through and sacks him back at the five-yard line. The former Patriot who won a Super Bowl has his first career Raiders sack. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Apologize for the technical difficulties here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Feel like maybe we're super underground or something, whatever may have happened. But uh, let's go back out to the phone lines. Have my guy Prune Tucky Raider talking, and uh, unfortunately, I all of a sudden lost lost everything. I couldn't hear you anymore, Prune Tucky. So welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks. I know you're short on time, so I'll try to go through this pretty uh, quickly. Um, like I said, I've been a Raider fan since the late uh, '60s. Um, I was actually a Bay Area fan for about the 49ers and the Raiders, but after being attacked and ridiculed, uh, that did it for me, and I'm sure a lot of Raider fans can attest to that. So I've, lo- I've seen the exit in pain, but I wanted to address a couple of things that you had asked in the questions, and I kind of know where you were saying about Hoyer, but I wanted to look a little bit deeper, a little bit off, you know, kind of uh, why I would pick O'Connell. I definitely would pick O'Connell to start if Jimmy G can't go for a couple of reasons. First of all, our, our, our coach, Josh, is supposed to be a genius in offense. And so I think his game plan, if O'Connell started, I think O'Connell would have the best way of performing or being successful. And Josh kind of like going over his weaknesses and strengths, so he kind of has it from the start, similar to what Shanahan does with Purdy. And I understand that the 49ers have a lot of talent, but so do the Raiders on offense. Yep. So... Why that can't happen the first six weeks, I don't know. But I think if you thought Poyer, and I watched Poyer when he was with the 49ers, and he started out pretty well similar to yesterday, but he seemed to fade out, and it seemed like the defense was kind of picking up what he could and could not do. And so if you start Poyer and he's ineffective, and then you bring in O'Connell, I think it would be harder for O'Connell to just jump in versus him starting from scratch you know, with a game plan. And, uh, and that's kind of why I always put O'Connell. I know he's a lot of upside talent, but I think it gives the best chance for the Raiders to win. Any comment on that, Q? 
No, that's that's good stuff. You know, uh, that's what Coach McDaniel's kind of alluded to last time we talked about this situation. He said that he felt comfortable with Brian Hoyer if he had to throw him in during the game, like similar to Sunday, and probably felt pretty comfortable with Aiden O'Connell if he had a week to to get him practiced up, you know, and, and get him coached up and get him those first-team reps. So that very well could be the case this week. He could get those first-team reps and be ready to go out there and, and start on Sunday. You know, I just, like I said, I just leaned with Hoyer right now because I don't, I don't want to see O'Connell go and then stop and then go and then stop because I think that doesn't do anything for him, his, his growth as far as a quarterback. But, uh, you know, if, if they go with what they said to us earlier uh, this year, then they probably will go with O'Connell if given the opportunity. So that might, you know, what, what you're saying makes sense. That's for sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know. Sorry. I didn't know. My bad if uh, he was still there. But thanks for the call. It's always great to hear from you again. Sorry about that technical difficulties that we had. I believe my man Ari, give me a thumbs up if we have Amber. Okay, we do have Amber. Great. <laughs> Join us now on the phone lines as we're navigating through technical difficulties here and there. Uh, is our good friend Amber Theo Harris from Sirius XM Radio and the Silver and Black Show. We definitely appreciate her and her efforts, and she does a great job with James Jones and EA and whoever joins the show. And Amber, thanks for your time. As always, we appreciate you. Two weeks in a row now, the Raiders have uh, gotten a victory by the strength of their defense, and uh, I know it's not pretty. I know they got a lot of ways to still grow, but what, are you, what were your overall thoughts on what the defense has been able to do? Look, I think you have to count your wins. And right now they have back-to-back wins. Um, there is no quality win stat out there. Um, if there were, I think there would be some concern, but a win is a win. And the Raiders' defense has incrementally gotten better every single week. And now we're starting to see some help for Max Crosby, which was a great sign. They had four sacks yesterday and it was all different people, whether it was Nichols or Butler or, you know, even a Meek Robertson got in on the action. So we've been screaming, Hey, Max Crosby needs a little bit of help. And I think some of those guys are stepping up and the secondary has played a lot better than we would have expected. You got to give credit to Trayvon Merrick. I have been very vocal about him needing to step up in the past, and he's out there playing with a broken hand, you know, and he gets an interception with pretty much one hand. Uh, I just think overall they're they're making some plays happen. They're forcing turnovers, and you have to give Patrick Graham credit for making the tweaks that he has and um, forcing them to continue to evolve. Now, going back to, I always like to add a little bit of reality. I don't call it Debbie <laughs> Downer. I call it reality. Right, right, right. They beat a, pa- they beat a Patriots team. You know, they couldn't put a point on the board the week before right. against the Saints. Um, you know, they, they've beaten um, a Broncos team who we've seen was very bad. Um, I think some encouraging parts of the defense that they are holding these passers to under 200 yards. And Justin Herbert was one of them. So you got to point out the good and the bad. Justin Herbert can sling that thing. Um, they also held Jordan Love to under 200 yards. But Jordan Love hasn't proven to be a dominant quarterback in the NFL. So it's good to get this kind of confidence and this kind of swag for when they really are tested, which if you look at the next couple of games, you know, Jared Goff at home plays very well. So probably Jared Goff will be the first time they see that. We don't even know if Justin Fields will be out there because he's been injured. You know, he got injured, and it doesn't seem like it's too serious, but we'll we'll wait and see what's going to happen against the Bears. But, you know, they still got Patrick Mahomes twice. Right. Um, You know, so so talk to me then as far as being able to be a shutdown secondary. I would love to see it, and I hope that they have the confidence 
you know, Patrick Mahomes hasn't been super impressive. Right. They're, they're getting wins. Yeah. So I, I think there's like a good news, bad news, or I'd say good news, real news kind of situation with the defense right now. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly not anywhere it needs to be, but it's 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 improving, right, which is all that we've ever asked is to continue to see that, that defense evolve and get better. And you mentioned the help for Max Crosby. The defensive tackles, you pointed them out. They were able to get some pressure. To me, that was pretty impressive because we haven't seen that in a very long time. If that could continue to evolve, I think Max Crosby could really have a big-time season. I don't know who's going to help him across from him, but the interior, that's a nice, that's a nice addition if they could start doing that you know, consistently. Yeah, it's good when you start to beat the teams you're supposed to. Start to yeah. dominate at the line of scrimmage, a team that you're supposed to dominate at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. You know, the, the Patriots' offensive line hasn't been good. They should have done it. They did. That is, that is the good news. Um, but going forward, you're going to be tested, and you have to be realistic about that. They still gave up 50% on third down, mm -hmm. that defense did, to the Patriots. So... Again, I'd just like to add some reality to the situation and point out the good with the real, that it is great to make these little improvements to see Bilal Nichols show up, you know, to see the defensive tackles get some interior pressure, because that's something to build on, because they're going to have to do it against much better teams and much stronger teams. They should not have beat, it shouldn't have been a two-point game, you know, with under two minutes left. It should yes. have not <laughs> been that with yes. the Patriots. Yep. <laughs> and this is a team that has struggled mightily on every single level and has all of its best players out. You know, they didn't have Matthew Judon. They should have scored more than 19 points. You know, it ended up being 21 because of safety. But, you know, everybody said, oh, they scored over 20 points. Okay, good. Let's celebrate that. I don't want to ever take that away or apologize for a win. But you also have to be real in your analysis of they shouldn't have they've, they should have put their foot on the Patriots' neck early in that first quarter and there was multiple opportunities it should have been at least 17 to 3 at the half not 13 to 3 so there was opportunities where they could have just really pinned them down when they had him down and they didn't so i think that's the next step not just beating the teams you're supposed to but dominating right. those types of teams so that you can actually compete with the teams that you're going to have to compete with in order to be in the running Amber Thea Harris is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. You talk about putting your foot on the neck. The Raiders were one for six in the red zone. Like, that's not going to that's not gonna get it done against really good teams. And uh, obviously, Jimmy G left at halftime. Uh, he went to the hospital. We talked to Coach McDaniels earlier today. He said that they dodged a bullet. So don't necessarily know what that means. But I'm just kind of leaning in the camp of it's probably going to be Hoyer or O'Connell this week. We've been here before. If uh, if Jimmy G can't go, where's Amber Theo Harris going? Who, what quarterback is behind center for you? Look, if I want to win games right now, um, I, I'm going with Brian Hoyer. I liked things that I saw. I like that he comes in and throws a 48-yard bomb. It's the longest yeah. pass that's been thrown by the Raiders all season. It's by the backup quarterback. So he's not afraid to take downhill shots. I think he will get Devontae Adams more involved, which has just been a travesty. I mean, when De Devontae Adams has two catches. Right. He had two catches yesterday after having four catches the week before, and he was only targeted four times the week before. So I get it. He will be double teamed. I get that every <laughs> coach is going to circle Devontae Adams, but every coach circles, you know, Tyreek Hill. Every coach circles uh, Cooper Cup. Right. Every coach, they all, they all, all defensive coordinators are going to try to stop the best player on the, but those guys still eat. Yep. So you, it, it, you got to figure out a way to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. And I've been screaming this from the mountaintop. Devonte, you could tell was over it yesterday. He was over it. You could tell on the sidelines with his towel over his head. One thing I loved was that Brian Hoyer went over to him 
and was like, I got you. You saw him talking yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't seen that with Jimmy Garoppolo. Not that it say it hasn't happened. I just haven't seen it. Like all of us watching that game said, Devontae's done. Like he's he's over it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever's going on, he's not having it right now. And a leader like Brian Hoyer went and talked to him. I don't think Aiden O'Connell would have the experience or the confidence to do that with a veteran player to pull him up the way that uh, Brian Hoyer did. So look, they're three and three. They're in second place, depending on what happens tonight with the Chargers game. If the Chargers lose, right. the Raiders are still in second place yeah. in the AFC West. And you can't tell me looking around the AFC that there are dominant teams right now that if nothing else, this wild card isn't going to be a heck of a battle. No, so no. If you want to, yep. if you want to win, like the Bengals aren't dominating. Right. The Chiefs, yes, I get it. They have a good record, but they're not dominating. There's nothing that you see out there that says, man, they're really, you know, just overmatched. You know, teams are hanging in with them. Um, so, if you want to still win games, you go with Brian Hoyer. You know, when you go into Aiden O'Connell, when the season is lost, and you got to see what you have because you need to figure out if you're going to trade up to get a top one, two, three pick next year. Right, exactly. No, I feel the same exact way. And, you know, you mentioned being three and three, and I asked Jacoby Myers about that in the locker room last night, and he said, yeah, we're in it. We're, we're, we're in this thing. It all depends on how much we want it now. We have a chance, but it all depends on how much we want it. To me, that's a guy that's, that's hungry and sees the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, they can get it, but they obviously got to do a lot of improving, and it comes on the offensive side of things for sure. Yeah, it, obviously, it's it's very bizarre to me that the offense has been the issue. But, <laughs> right. you know, you look back and you say, okay, there's been some really great additions like Jacoby Myers, as you just mentioned. He's not just a number two. He's a 1A. He's been a one, yeah. actually. He's been, he's been a one. And then Michael uh, Mayer had a great game yesterday and really seeing him get more involved in the offense. You're starting to see kind of the way that Josh McDaniels used Rob Gronkowski in the middle of the field for those Patriots teams. You start to see the vision, and that's really exciting. But the bottom line is Jimmy Garoppolo was the plan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can Google pro football reference, and I can see that he is not going to be there for 17 games because he's never been there for 17 games. So I could have done that. Like, they could have paid me a lot of money as a consultant. (laughs) And I could have Googled one thing and told you one thing's for sure is you are not going to have him out there the entire season. So what is your plan? And now I think that's going that maybe not oversight. There's some, Dave Ziegler is a very smart person. Mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels is a very smart person. They were willing to take that risk. They thought that the upside and the production they were going to get from Jimmy Garoppolo was better than Derek Carr. Um, but Derek Carr was out on the field every single game. Yeah. You know, he didn't miss games. So now they're in this position of having to choose between Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. And, that doesn't bode well for the offense making a turn right. for the better. Um, it just doesn't put them in a great position. So while some of the offseason additions have really proven dividends, the biggest one is kind of being what we thought. Yeah. You know, he's good when he's in, he's, he's good when he's in there. But can you really say that Jimmy Garoppolo has been as good as we thought he would when he's in there? No, he's, is no. he still leading the league in interceptions? I didn't check the numbers this morning. Yeah, I think so. He's. Uh, I know he's up to eight, so that's enough for me, right? If he's not leading the league, he's right up there at the top of the at the list. So, yeah, and he's getting yeah. getting wide receivers like Devontae Adams setting him up for failure with all those uh, passes that put him in danger. And you saw Devontae get hit. And I'll tell you this, Amber, speaking of Devontae being over it, he was out of the locker room before we ever got in there. I don't even know if he showered. <laughs> I mean, he was he was gone. <laughs> he just walked to the car with his helmet on. Um, you know, you know, James Jones, my co-host, who knows Devontae really well, as we were watching that, 
he said that's that's one of those games where n- nobody better talk to him after the game. And he said he, if if somebody threw a ball to me the way that Jimmy threw that ball to him, he said I would have gone right up to him in the huddle right afterwards. Said don't do that to me ever again. You mm-hmm. trying to get me killed out here? I mean that could have been Jabril Prep Jabril Peppers knocked his head off. Yeah. Yep. Knocked his head off. Yep. Because the pass was behind him a little bit. You can't do that. And Devontae, that, that was the reason he was on the sideline with the Gatorade towel on his head. Um, so, yeah, I don't think – I don't know. if we, if Again, if we're real with ourselves, and I'll ask you this question, is Jimmy Garoppolo an upgrade from Derek Carr at this point? No, no, I don't think so. I didn't think so, to be honest. I didn't think so when they made the move because uh, availability, right? I, I don't question his talent. Uh, you know, I, I think that he's a talented dude. But availability is everything for me. And he's, like you said before, he hasn't been available. And, you know, he doesn't stretch the field. And so it makes things tougher for Josh Jacobs as well. So, no, I don't think it's an upgrade. If if best, it's a lateral movement at best. Yeah, and I just saw Derek Carr's face up there for the FedEx Aaron Ground Player of the Week for the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) Just saw him up there. You know, had a good game. So that kind of thing is, I think, tough for Raider Nation to, to digest. Um, because you need a you need a quarterback out there, and it yeah. doesn't look like Jimmy's going to be out there next week. We can't assume, right. but it didn't sound like it was great. No, no, it didn't. And, and Justin Fields doesn't sound like it's great. I think Matt Eberflus said that he's doubtful with the thumb, you know, dislocation, and so that's that. And uh, it might be the battle of the backups on Sunday against Chicago. And again, it's a chance for the Raiders to try to go in there and get another victory. They got to win as many games as they can while they can, because they got some tougher games coming up down the road. Again, Amber Theo Harris is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. I want to go back real quick to the red zone. It's something I asked Coach McDaniel's about. I asked him, and I called it a disconnect. Like, hey, you had some really long drives, had the ball for a long time, and got into the red zone to kick the field goal. What's the disconnect? And he said it wasn't a disconnect, but what do you think the main issue for their red zone struggles are? I can tell you the disconnect right now. That very first drive, they had nine plays inside the red zone. Not one of them went to Devontae Adams. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, here's, here's another disconnect. When you don't establish a run game, and then you get into the red zone, and you can't hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs on first and second down, then you're not going to be a threat in the red zone. So there's a couple of things happening. The way that the red zone should go for the Raiders is you get in there, you hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs, definitely on first down, maybe second down, right? Then you take your shot. You get a couple yards, you take your shot to Devontae Adams. It's just never that simple. Right. It's just not happening like that. I mean, I was ranting on the Silver and Black show a couple weeks ago about, I said, it's it's like Kobe or MJ. When it's the final seconds or you're in the red zone, you got to get the ball in their hands. You know who's going to take the final shot. Yep. If Kobe was on the court, you knew who was going to take the final shot. Why in the red zone are we not getting the ball in our playmakers' hands? It's a very simple but fair question. Um, and I get it. Sometimes, okay, you know, you got to use – Jacoby, I'm, I'm sorry, um, Devontae Adams as a decoy, I get that. You know, I, I get that. And then Jacoby Myers, it, it worked once in the end zone to get him the ball. He's going to catch it if you do get it to him. But still, like, why are we just shying away from just just let them shoot their shot? Right. Let our best players shoot their shot. Yeah. And this was a problem last year. Do you remember that? Do you remember yeah. early on, especially last year? Yep. Raiders had... They were able to move in between the 20s. They were beautiful. Yep. Man, could they move the chains. You had Josh Jacobs out there banging them, you know, yards after contact. And then they would get in the red zone, and it was three instead of seven. And I joked last night on the show, I have been horrible at math my whole life. But I can tell you, <laughs> that is not the equation that you want. 
right. I can I can tell the difference, you know, <laughs> between seven and three, and it's not good, especially when you have multiple ch- six times, right. and you get a touchdown once. There's a problem with that. I, I get that it's difficult. You know, everything becomes shorter. It's difficult, but good teams find a way to win. Uh, in the red zone. And they do it with their best players. I mean, I think you hit it right there on the head. You do it with your best players, and there's no doubt that 17 is the best player, right? Jacoby is fantastic. Want to get him the rock as well. I'm not even going to bring up Hunter because I know that that's not even a, uh, that's a foregone conclusion. Like, I, he's, he's on the back of a milk cart, and he doesn't even exist, I guess, in the Raiders' world. So, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, anyway, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what it is when it comes to the red zone offense, not, not getting the ball into the, to the playmakers' hands that they're supposed to get it into. And then, on top of that, Amber, they shoot themselves in the foot with, with dumb penalties all the time in the red zone, and that gets them so far behind the chains, it almost feels like that's, that's a give-up when, when they get those penalties. Well, also, too, you know, let's go on the flip side. If you're given a gift... Take advantage of it. That first drive, that first drive, they had to settle for a field goal in the red zone. Then they get a gift. They get the leverage penalty. They get a whole new set of downs. They get to do it again in the red zone. And they, same thing, settle for a field goal. You had nine plays in the red zone. Mm -hmm. And they weren't able to to get it done in, in that first, you know, early in the first quarter. And that's when we go back to putting your foot on the opponent's neck when you have the opportunity to. You've got to figure out a way to do it, and and they're just not. So, and then on the other side, the Raiders' defense, as as many strides as they have taken, they, the the Patriots, who are a bad offensive team, they were a hundred percent in the red zone. They were two for two. Yeah, yep. There you go. There you go. Aided by Max Crosby's penalty, <laughs> that didn't. Aided by that. That yeah. you know, it, you know. It, it's gonna I mean, happen. It's going to happen with 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 uh, the way they protect quarterbacks these days. I think it was a little it was a little soft, but yeah. you know. I do too. Either way, it's going to happen. <laughs> I do too, and Max does too. Without saying it in the locker room, he basically said like, "Yeah, I'm not even going to talk about that." So uh, you know, yeah, he but, said, "I'm just going to let you guys say that." So we said it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Loud on the show. Exactly. But, <laughs> I mean, and and you and you you almost feel bad for like Max Crosby and Devontae Adams, right? Or because these are guys that are two of the best in the NFL. And it's like they deserve better. Like mm-hmm. their their effort out there, their reliability, their willingness to win, their understanding of what it takes to win. And for them to just constantly be disappointed with putting this max effort out there, you feel for them. Like they deserve to win. And yep. they're doing everything they can to try to pull other people up as well. And you really, you know, I know there's back-to-back wins, I'm, you know, right now. But they deserve to win and, like, be in the playoff hunt. Right. Yep. Yeah, well, they got because other other teams with less rosters are doing more. Like like right now, the Houston Texans are three and three. Right. You know, the three and three. Tell me somebody they have that we should care about on that team. Right. Outside There's of C- nobody. Outside of CJ Stroud, nobody. <laughs> yeah, outside of CJ Stroud, who's still a, you know just a rookie. There's nobody. Right. So we, as the Raiders, have some of the best players at their position in the NFL. Whether it's Josh Jacobs or or Devontae Adams or Max Crosby. They deserve more, and they deserve to to be in the hunt with that type of talent on this roster. I agree. I agree. And and the, the flip side is, you know, like you mentioned, they won two in a row. They're at three and three. They're at 500. They could be second place by themselves in, in the AFC West, depending on what happens tonight. And they got Chicago that's a, you know, battered and bruised team right now. So who knows uh, what it'll look like on Sunday. But they got a chance. They just got to go out there and they got to do it and they got to do it at a higher level than what they're doing it at right now. Well, Amber, fantastic stuff as always. What are you working on besides everything that uh, we should be on the lookout for? 
<laughs> always, always working. Yep. Um, just catch a silver and black show coming up this Thursday. Uh, I think it drops on Friday. Sorry, it drops on Friday. Um, we always we have a new format this year. You can get, catch it on the Raiders YouTube channel, the official Raiders YouTube channel, and we've really been bringing in some amazing national guests that have been phenomenal. So it is worth checking out the discussion. Um, check that out, and then we'll see you guys on Raiders game day after the game. Every single week. Yeah, I'm checking it out all the time. You guys do great work there. And so I uh, love when you are able to join the show as well. Definitely appreciate your insight. It's great as always. Thank you so much for your time. Definitely appreciate you. Anytime, Q. Always good to hang out with you. There she goes. Amber Theo Harris right there. Sirius XM Radio. Silver and Black Show does a fantastic job with both. Definitely appreciate her time each and every time she gets to join the show. Speaking of time, it is 348. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Close out hour number two from the OYO. The Underground Lounge is where we're at. Monday Night Football is coming up in a little bit. Cowboys and Chargers with Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the Underground Lounge inside the OYO Hotel and Casino. Just got word that we'll be talking to Ed Graney at 4 o'clock. We were supposed to have him at 2.30, but uh, got a little mix-up. He got a little busy, so uh, he's going to join us at the top of the hour to talk all things silver and black, so we definitely appreciate Ed uh, for getting back with us. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. A couple of uh, very patient members of Raider Nation, including Passionate Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q, man? Good afternoon. Amber Steele Harris, what up? She stole, like, a lot of my thunder, man, so <laughs> listen to her. She, she, she hit it on the head. I'm glad I'm not the only one, but hey, Q. Great performance by our main man, Mad Mad Crosby. That's what we've been waiting to see, Q. For the past four years, we've had this show, Raider Nation Come. This is what we've been talking about. This is what we've been howling about. Somebody to come on that defense, to take control. Q, you see it. There's good dudes on every freaking play. He's everywhere. He doesn't stop. He's getting back up while guys are still on the ground. Well, I mean, how can you? You can't coach that, man. Matt, we love you, man. I really wish, but the only thing that makes it a, a sour is is that offense, cue. And, and we know we need a quarterback of the future, and I can't see any veterans out there that we can sign. So, God, it's just, just winning. Just winning. We always just win, baby. But, gosh, dang it, man. We need that offense to come together. And I'm with you, Q. I, I, yeah, AOC is the rookie, but, dude, if we're going to try to do anything – we might as well just roll with Hoyer right now. He can throw the ball. The guys obviously want to play with him. But another thing that I don't like seeing is I don't like seeing our star on offense hanging his head. I don't care if you get one target or you get two targets. This is a team game, and by you getting double team, D is opening up everybody else to get what we wanted, the W. So man up, step up, because I've noticed Q, since he's been running his mouth the past two weeks, his name's looking his way. These coaches do what these coaches are going to do, and they're always going to let them know that the player never comes over the coach. So I don't know what's going on between whatever, whatever, but whatever it is, we're winning. Do what you got to do. Hold your head high. Carry your team on. And stay on that sidelines to keep everybody pumped up because now they're coming to Chicago this week, Q. I'm not going to the game in Chicago. I can't force to spend it with the guys ain't going to be there I want to see. And I got one more derby this weekend, and I'm going to go lay the wood. I'll have it on my phone. But I'm going to go out and try to wrap these boys' head one more time on this water and bring home another black because we do it for the silver and black. Let's go, <laughs> there he goes. Passionate Raider right there, fired up. And, yeah, Amber's great. Amber uh, Theo Harris is fantastic. She always brings up a lot of great points, and that's why we bring her and, and many other guests onto the show. 
right? We're not bringing on guests that, that don't have any substance and don't have anything to bring to the table. Uh, we get the best of the best. At least we attempt to get the best of the best each and every day. Speaking of Amber, Joseph in Denver hit us up and said Amber made some really good points, and it almost sounds as, he, as if she's speaking on behalf of the organization. Whose fault is it that Tate didn't get uh, one target nine times and one drive in the red zone? The quarterback or McDaniels? That's Joseph in Denver, and that's something that I don't know the answer to. I would love to have the answer to it. I'd love to have the, uh, the headset where I can hear the play calling and know what's expected to happen. And even if I did know what the play call is, not like I would know what it is, <laughs> right? Uh, Denver, we saw uh, Sean Payton's play sheet, and uh, I got a couple of the calls. I, I yell them out. I have no idea what they are. Uh, but, yeah, so I would love to know what the, you know, what the, the calls were and, and what, who they were meant to go to when they were down in the red zone and they didn't go there. Because, again, it is important to get your playmakers the ball. So thank you so much for that. Coming up next, we'll kick off hour number three of the show. Ed Graney will join the show. It's Red Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.